And now, a special presentation of Faith Fit Radio with your host, Glenda Meekins. Welcome to Faith Fit Radio. I'm Glenda Meekins, a writer for the Florida Catholic and the Diocese of Orlando Communications Office. Joining me today is renowned international speaker Tom Peterson. Mr. Peterson is a primetime EWTN TV host, author, and founder of Virtue Media and Catholics Come Home. And many of you may have seen him on Fox News providing live commentary when Pope Francis was elected. He joins us today from Roswell, Georgia, in the Atlanta area. Welcome, Mr. Peterson, and thank you for being with us today. God bless you all, and Lenten blessings. <laughs> Amen. So tell me a little bit about your life prior to this transformational retreat that you took um, that changed your life. Yeah, I was a corporate advertising guy, uh, pretty much setting goals for my myself, bigger homes, second homes, nicer cars, and um, God had a different plan for my life, and I thank God he did. Uh, some friends invited me on a married men's retreat, and I always had some reason I couldn't go in prior years, the birth of a child, a vacation planned, whatever. But this particular year, I could go, and I went. And it was um, a life-changing experience because in front of the Eucharist on the second day, the Holy Spirit got a hold of me and uh, asked me to downsize and simplify my life hmm. and showed me how I was living my life in the gray area, one foot in the church and one foot in the secular world. And he didn't tell me what to do, didn't force me, but as a gentleman, God invited me to be part of his team and taught me how I uh, could have a better way in the future. I said yes to God, and it was like a light switch that was turned on. Everything got better and uh, completely changed my life. So then I started praying, Lord, what do you want me to do? And I started going to daily Mass and praying, and the Lord called me to use my talents in advertising to serve the Church through Catholics Come Home and serve uh, the Sanctity of Life through Virtue Media Pro-Life. And that's how it all began. So tell me a little bit about what exactly is Virtue Media? VirtueMedia.org is a pro-life apostolate. We created and aired ads for the past 20 years that have helped pregnant women uh, who may be abortion vulnerable and not considering taking the baby to term. Uh, and we've aired those on MTV and BET. And when we have, uh, as many as 23 young ladies have called in one month when those ads mm. have aired, uh, helping to save over 12,000 babies in a month for less than $4 a life, which is amazing. Now, with everything going digital, we do a lot of our stuff online now through Facebook and social media and YouTube and other avenues to reach the young pregnant women. But we also reach out to post abortive women and men and families to find them hope and healing after they've made that choice. Uh, we also uh, air ads both on TV and uh, digitally online uh, that talk about the sanctity of life in general. And all of that can be seen at uh, virtuemedia.org. So you are you use these evangel commercials um, in a sense you know these commercials that evangelize also through Catholic Catholics come home which is where most people are familiar with you. Um, there they've led half a million people to return to the Catholic Church sharing their faith. A lot of these were Christians from other denominations. What was your inspiration and mission for this particular ministry? So after that retreat, I realized how important God is in all of our lives and that he has a unique mission for each one of us, customized based on the talents and interests he had given us. He doesn't need us 
to be part of his salvific mission, but how loving and kind it is that he invites us to be part of this salvific mission to help save souls and to join him in this quest. And as soon as I said, yes, my life changed, and then I said, you know, I'd love to have other people know this wonderful love from God that I experienced, too. So uh, we started producing these evangelicals, which is a trademark term we came up with, to uh, put the good news out on the airwaves about inviting people back to church. And we did this in the Diocese of Phoenix to start with uh, many, many years ago, and over 92,000 people came back to church. And then we started helping other archdioceses and dioceses around the country, many of them in Florida, like the Archdiocese of Venice and Tampa and, mm-hmm. and, and others. And uh, praise God, we were seeing tens of thousands of people coming back to church in their diocese. So on the ones who have counted it, of the 40 we've helped to date, over a half a million souls have come home. And we featured many of them on our primetime television series where they talk about their life away from their church and their life now that God's in their life. And those people could be inactive Catholics who finally found their way back home to the Catholic Church. But as you've pointed out, many of them were converts from being Baptists or uh, Methodists or Lutherans or some other faith denomination. Some were atheists and agnostics who were not raised in a religious home, who mm-hmm. saw the commercials and were inspired to check it out and became Catholic. So all different backgrounds, all different life stories, but we praise God that he's calling each one of us to come home to the church that Jesus started, and that is the Catholic faith. It is a powerful witness. Um, you know, what is what is the most common reason that people leave the church that you find, and what is the main reason that brings them back? Yeah, um, it's funny. If you were a reporter and you put a pay, piece of paper in front of somebody and say, check all that apply, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people are going to check the standard reasons you hear about on, you know, through the media um, on why they left. But if you sit down with somebody for a cup of coffee and you just say, tell me your story, 90% of them will say, I just drifted away. I didn't hate the church. I didn't have a bone to pick. I just got busy and went on vacation and missed Mass. I was in college. I partied too much and slept in during church. And they just got out of the habit of going to church. So that's the number one reason we hear. Um, the number one reason people come back is because we invited them. Hmm. You know, the vast majority said, I, I saw that evangelical or somebody asked me to church, and I saw it again and again. And it does take repetition, sometimes two or three times for them to see it, or two or three times for you and I to ask somebody, like my next-door neighbor, back to church. But praise God, it has an effect, and they, they feel that touch from the Holy Spirit. And some say, I felt like God was personally inviting me home when they saw the evangelical on TV. Hmm. They began to tear up, and many write, write to Mass, but a number rush right to confession. And uh, when I said, you know, we've asked these folks, why did you rush right to confession? They said, I knew I needed to get right with God. And how apropos that is during our Lenten season to get right with God. Because when we're walking with him, we really can feel his presence. But when we go off on our own and do our own thing, we kind of blockade that grace. We say, Lord, I'm going to do my own thing. It's like putting an umbrella up and that rain of grace is coming down, but we're blocking it with that umbrella of sin. And, and I think that's God wants to, us to reunite with him in the, in the sacrament of reconciliation. And he wants to provide that Holy Spirit as wind in our sails, but we have to accept that gift. 
Well, and I want to come back to that sacrament of reconciliation um, shortly, but you mentioned something about telling our story and really that we are all called to evangelize. It's not just the priest, you know, at the pulpit or or the missionary that's out in the field. We are all called to be missionaries. That is the sending forth at the end of Mass. We're all called to be missionaries. How can parishes, priests, and parishioners help heal some of some of the wounds that have been caused or you know even like you were saying bringing inviting someone back um how can we do that in a personal way it's a great question and you know you're right we are all called to do this it's not a suggestion it's a commandment from god to go and spread the good news to the ends of the earth baptizing people in the name of the father son and holy spirit and and in in bringing these souls to christ it's it's our duty as a baptized catholic we're baptized priest prophet and king we're going to be accountable someday to answer to the lord on how many people we helped home to the catholic church how many people we invited now we don't have to be successful on the numbers that's up to god and that's his work in the holy spirit but we're called and challenged to at least reach out with love with humility and authentic witness to others talking about the good God does in our lives and gently inviting them back. And why? Because each one of us is in a unique mission territory. Where you live, where you work, your environment, where you take your kids to school is totally different than where I, where I do that. And so God wants us each to participate in this mission and help build our family. Pope Francis, early when he was elected and, and raised to the pontificate, said, our church is a hospital it's a hospital for healing the wounded, the wounded souls. And how apropos that is. But see, God wants each of us, as this family of Christ, to reach out and help the others around us back to the church, back to our family. And uh, we're called to do that. It's not just the mission for the priests and nuns. It's the mission for everybody. And obviously with Vatican II and the encyclicals like Christa Fidele Lieci, which is the uh, empowerment of the lay faithful, You and I, as regular parishioners, are called to serve in this mission because priests and nuns aren't in uh, accounting offices. They're not in architectural firms. They're not in uh, car dealerships. They're not where we are. So we need to be the hands and feet of Christ, and we're going to be accountable to give an answer on how well we did that. And guess what? You don't need a Ph.D. in theology like Dr. Scott Hahn. You don't need a Roman collar. Uh, you just need that testimony of love on how Christ has answered your prayers and the good he's done in your life. And when we do that, the miracles happen. Yeah, authentic witness, you know, telling our own stories from our own heart and how God has worked in our life right where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, so a few years ago, you aired a commercial um, on Catholics Come Home. Uh, it was aired at all major college football uh, games with Coach Lou Holtz. Do you have any plans for something like that um, on the horizon, or what are your plans? Well, first of all, God bless Coach Lou Holtz. He is a <laughs> resident of your area. He lives in Orlando <laughs> metro area with his wife and uh, they're just awesome human beings. They're very, very faithful in their Catholic faith, and so many people have been touched and come home because, you know, Beth suggested Lou do the commercial. Lou said yes to it, and his testimony has brought so many people home because mm-hmm. they love and respect him. He is an authentic witness. We're going to keep running that, and, and we have 30 others that we're going to run, and, and uh, we're going to run those more. Our biggest problem is not a lack of creative messages. Our biggest problem is lack of funding to put those messages on the air uh, more often in more places. And when we do, 
you hear incredible stories. I think my favorite coming home story is from a uh, lady who was uh, born and raised Catholic in Chicago. Uh, in high school, she said, you either do faith right or you don't do it at all, and she left her faith. And for, gosh, 53 years, she called herself an atheist. Hmm. She got a Ph.D. in linguistics and taught communists in China during the Cold War, ended up retiring in Vancouver, Canada. And she said, you know, I asked her, I said, Dr. Sampson, in all those years, 53 years you were away from God in the church, did you pray? She said, not even once. Wow. And I said, you know, that, that amazes me. When you have a sick child or you hear the horrible news on, on TV like we did, you know, mm. the other day about the shootings in South Florida, most people's hearts would open up and pray. And especially if it was somebody in your family or there was a car accident or somebody ill in your family. But surprisingly, she said no. And I said, what changed? And she said, I saw a Catholics Come Home epic ad on TV where it talks about the history, beauty, and spirituality of the church. And it touched me so much. And I saw a second and a third and a fourth. And my curiosity as a professor got to me, so I went to the website. And before she knew it, she was back and came home through the confessional. At the end of that interview, which was my first guest on Catholics Come Home television series, <laughs> on EWTN that airs on Sunday and Monday nights in prime time. Uh, they're in your archdiocese as well. Um, so many people um, are amazed at these stories. And this lady said at the end of her interview, I said, Dr. Sampson, what's new and different in your life now? And she said, Tom, all I want to do now is evangelize. Here's a lady, 53 years an atheist, came home through the confessional, through an invitation, and all she wants to do now is evangelize. You see how our hearts can change when we give them fully to the Lord and when we reach out to others, whether through a Catholics Come Home TV commercial, a Virtue Media Pro-Life commercial, or with you simply inviting or sharing your testimony with somebody. Miracles happen. Christ wants us to be part of this amazing adventure. Absolutely. So today, you know, you mentioned a little bit about people being agnostic or even just no religious affiliation at all, what commonly has been termed today as the nuns, N-O-N-E-S, um, and just this mass exodus of youth in the church. Um, how can families help their children come back to a relationship with Jesus in the church? I can't tell you how many friends and, and family, um, you know, I know that have the same the same pain, really, to see their children just not wanting to come. What what can we do as families, as parents? That's a great question, and I'm going to be uh, talking about that at the parish in Oviedo at uh, uh, Most Precious Blood uh, during uh, one of my talks. You know, it hits every family. I don't think there's a family that is immune to it. And whether you're very religious, whether you're on the Catholic speaking circuit, you work at a parish, or you're just a regular Catholic, it seems to affect every single family without exception. Why? Free will. So many young people today feel that they can uh, just be a good person, and that's all that matters. In fact, when I did a lot of millennial research and we created a website with evangelicals specifically for people under the age of 35, mm -hmm. and you can see those at catholicscomehome.com. So that's a great resource for you and the young ones in your life, catholicscomehome.com. Not org, which is our site for people over 35, most of us, but the .com site is the one for people under 35. And it really talks about how people are thinking in that age group. And basically they care about the environment. They care about, you know, social justice and helping the planet. Um, they want to be friends with other people. They're very tied in with social media. 
But for some reason, there's a disconnect with formal religion. And so many say, I'm spiritual, I'm not religious. And I remember one young lady in our focus group raised her hand. She said, why would I want to please God? Or why would I want to please Jesus? It's about me. It's all about me. Hmm. When I'm happy, then I can be nice to other people. And see, she had that misguided notion that it's all about us. That's what Adam and Eve bought out on. That's what the devil tempts us to, that the world revolves around us. And sadly, social media, Facebook, MySpace, selfies, Pinterest, it's all things to help us focus on ourselves. When Christ says, no, focus on loving me with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and loving others as yourself. So the young people have a, um, let's say, a misguided notion. They want to do what's right. But we need to help bring them to the truth on what is the right teaching, and that is to be selfless, to help others and to follow God's plan, and then we'll find true happiness. So number one thing we can do is pray for our young ones. Put them in the precious blood of Jesus when the priest elevates the uh, precious cup at Mass. Number two, we can pray the surrender novena, and if anyone wants to write to us, info at catholicscomehome.org, info at catholicscomehome.org, we'll be happy to mail you or email you the surrender novena. It's a great way to lose that anxiety you might have over your child or grandchild away from the faith and really gain that trust in God so you can do the mission and help pray for them instead of being anxious about their uh, path away from God or away from the church. And, uh, and number three, we can obviously read good Catholic books and resources so that we can become more authentic witnesses, attend Mass more often, go to confession, set that example so that our kids don't see us as judgmental or ridiculing, but they see us as loving, as Christ-like. And that's what's going to be the light that invo- invites like a moth to the flame. Our children don't want to see that we're such good Catholics, we're condemning everybody. That's mm-hmm. not being a good Catholic. A good Catholic is participating in the faith, but always doing so with love and authentic humility. And that's what's going to draw them back, that kindness and that love, where you care about them the way Christ cared about us, even when we were lost and we were so far into sin. He still died and, and rose for us during those times. We need to have that same mentality. Living and bearing that witness, even without words, just simply through our actions. You talk about um, our world needs Catholic heroes. Are Is this what you're referring to, these everyday heroes that are living out their life as good Catholics? Exactly. And, you know, if you were a hero back in the day, time of Jesus or shortly thereafter, you literally gave your life for the, for the faith in Christ. You were burned at the stake, fed to the lions, crucified upside down. But today, all Christ is asking us to do is share our faith, but we're still not doing that. To be a hero today, the, the benchmark is pretty low. We need to be authentic and loving and invite somebody back to the faith. It's just that simple. But you know what? We're not doing it. So one of the things we're going to talk about during my presentation, and obviously one of the things we talk about on my TV show uh, on Sunday and Monday nights on EWTN, as well as on our website, is to reach out with that authentic love to others, not with the facts and figures, not with chapter and verse, but really with authentic love. How can I pray for you? How can I help you? And, you know, something as simple as praying for and with somebody over uh, an issue that's causing them anxiety, a sick parent, somebody who lost their job, maybe a child who's struggling with drug addiction, that prayer with and for them at that time shows them the true love of Christ and helps to open their heart to a relationship with God and in his church again. That's one way we can be heroic today. It's just that simple. So let me ask you, um, in closing, you know, we are in the season of Lent. 
Um, you are passionate about the sacrament of confession and its power and God's mercy. Can you share a little bit about that? Yep. Um, you know, so many of us didn't know what we didn't know. And until we get in the uh, back into the habit of partaking of this wonderful gift of healing, this font of God's healing mercy in the sacrament of reconciliation or confession, we really don't realize how, how good we have it with this, this gift from God. He, he gave the authority to Peter, and it's in Scripture. Peter, you are rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. What sins you forgive are forgiven. What sins you bind are bound. He gave that authority to the church and to the priesthood to forgive our sins. We need to partake in the sacrament of reconciliation where the priest is sitting there, not to judge us, but to love and forgive and heal us through in persona Christi, in the person of Christ, through this sacramental grace. And you know what? When we dump that, when we're accountable and we get rid of that heavy burden that's on our back, we feel like a thousand pounds has been lifted off of us. Uh, and when we come out of that confessional with the sacramental graces we receive, we feel like a new person, like we've been reborn again, and we have the wind in our sails to, to go and sin no more. And you know what? We may need to go every couple of weeks. We may need to confess our sins daily. That's normal. But we need to partake in this sacrament regularly in order to have those graces to, to cure those things that are bothering us and tempting us and to be that free soul that Christ wants us to be, to live his will. That's where we'll find true happiness. I love this sacrament. In fact, we have a brand new website and a mobile app that just came out called goodconfession.com goodconfession.com. And if you go to it, you'll find wonderful resources on the sacrament and on why we need to partake and some of the things the saints have taught us about this healing gift of God's mercy. Thank you so much. You know, that actually reminds me, um, every time I go to confession, I'm, I'm reminded of a young man that I um, had in one of the faith formation classes, the year of uh, Sacrament of Reconciliation, Sacrament of Penance. And, you know, they were quite young. They were in second grade. And we had a mystagogy afterwards, kind of unpacking their experience. And we said, I think being raised in the church, and we were kind of raised to be a little afraid of confession. And so I, I expected these children to be a little nervous. And I said, you know, so were you all afraid or were you nervous about going in? And this young man raised his hand and said, you know, Mrs. Meekins, why would I be afraid? Jesus was waiting to give me a gift. Wow. And How profound. It was, yes, out of the mouth of babes. I think, you know, this is why Jesus says, come to me, bring me the children, because, you know, it, it was so beautiful. And then many years later, um, on a retreat now for confirmation, I had not seen him in a long time, and I saw him again, and um, and he was in a different place, and so I was trying to settle everyone down and, and have them really reflect a little bit and prepare for, to receive the sacrament, and, um, you know, I told him, I reminded him of this story and how it had impacted me, and he said to me, you know, Mrs. Meekins, a lot has happened since then, and I'm not the same person. And my response to him was, but Jesus still is. And that's the beauty of the sacrament. If exactly. you come before it, you can go back to that place. You start anew. It is new life. You hit the nail on the head. You know, you know who said it also in a different way, but profoundly was Coach Lou Holtz. He said, if you say you're not that close to God anymore, he says, I wonder who moved. 
And that's a, a different way of saying the same thing you said, that God doesn't move. He's, he's after us. The hound of heaven is always at our side. He always is lovingly calling us home. He's waiting there like the, the father in the prodigal son story, just waiting for the son to turn, and he'll come running toward us. But, but again, I think we're the ones who move. We're the ones who get distracted, and we don't even realize how far we are away until it's, it's very, very late. But, but you know what? The Father says, I don't care how bruised and wounded and messed up you are. I want to heal you. I want to love you. Come on home. It doesn't matter what you've done or where you've been. I want every one of my lost sheep to come home, and he wants us to go after even the one. If 99 are not lost, he says, go out and get the one who is. Bring them back mm-hmm. to the family. We're going to have a party. And that's the beauty of God's love. His arms are open. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Peterson, for for being on the show today with Faith at Radio. Uh, Mr. Peterson will be at Most Precious Blood in Oviedo on February 23rd and 24th, Friday, February 23rd from 6.30 to 9 p.m., and Saturday, February 24th from 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. You can purchase tickets online at ovidocatholic.org, O-V-I-O. E-D-O, catholic.org. Also, you can learn more about Catholics Come Home at catholicscomehome.org. And if you're a millennial and want a fresher look, catholicscomehome.com. For a copy of the Surrender Novena, email info at catholicscomehome.org. And don't forget to try goodconfession.com to help you prepare for the Sacrament of Penance this Lent. Thank you so much, Mr. Peterson, for sharing your story with us and being with us today. Oh, it's my honor. What the world needs now is love, and Christ wants to share his love with you so that we can reflect it on others. Amen. This is Glenda Meekins. Thank you for listening.